You know, as people get older, have you ever noticed this? Their looks change and their actions and their attitudes change. Now, at our home, in our home, in our bedroom, over on the side where I am, there's a nightstand. And over on the side where Dottie is, there's a nightstand. Now, over on my side, there is a picture of Dottie and myself leaving the church from the wedding 50, almost 58 years ago. And I thought about putting that picture on the screen today, but I thought that probably wouldn't be the smartest thing I could do. But I was looking at that picture this morning. Trust me, even though you don't see the picture, I have really changed how I look from that time. Now, you don't say, well, poor pitiful you. Well, you ought to go back and look at some of your wedding pictures. And uh, I'm just telling you, people change. And here's the deal. It's not always for the better. It's not always for the better. But when it comes to actions and attitudes, hopefully, if you're a Christian, as we get older, our actions and attitudes do change for the better, or at least they should. I became a Christian when I was a small boy, about seven and a half years of age. Surely, (laughs) from that time to this time, I have grown some in the Lord that my actions and my attitudes should be better than it was back years ago. And I hope and I feel like that's probably true for you. Well, as you age, things change. That's true not only for people, it's true for houses. You know, as houses get older, things change. You say, what do you mean? Well, things have to be repaired. Things have to be replaced. Things have to be uh, updated. That's the word Dottie uses. We built our house 31 years ago. And in these years, on the inside of the house, I feel like we've rebuilt the house. We, we've been, you know, we, we update this and we update that and we update. John, are you, if you don't, after a while, your house looks kind of out of date. And uh, be that as it may, you know, houses change. Now, as I think about how as things get older, they change, I think about our country, America. Tomorrow, we celebrate the 246th birthday of the United States of America. Now, as you look at countries in the world, America is a very young country. But in these 246 years, and all of us have lived in some latter part of these years, we have seen many things change in America. And we can make a list. On that list, (laughs) one of the things that has changed, at least it's at a new level, would be evil. It's just unbelievable. The evil that we see. I'll tell you another thing that's changed. It's not that it never did exist, but not to the magnitude it exists now. Is division and hatred. America is a very divided country. Basically, about half of America believes certain things. Another half of America believes certain things. And it's not just about political things. I mean, we spoke earlier a moment ago about COVID. I mean, there, there are many in America that just believe, you know, COVID doesn't exist. Let me say this to you if you're in that camp. Take my word. Something exists. I give a testimony of that. You know, there's some that say, you know, you, 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 you don't need vaccines. The others say you do need vaccines. Some say you don't need to wear a mask. And if we're not careful, we almost choose sides. 
on our beliefs in COVID. But it, it's that way with everything. If, you, if you're politically in one group, it's almost like the other group wants to shoot you dead. Well, don't feel guilty. This group over here wants to shoot you dead. I mean, that's just kind of where we are in America. We are a very divided country, more so than we've ever been, at least more so than I've ever seen in my lifetime. Now, there are many other things that have changed in our country in these 246 years. And as I think about that, I think how it relates to the scripture that we're going to look this morning. If you'd open your Bible to the book of Isaiah, if you'll find the book of Isaiah in your Old Testament and, and go to chapter 43 to begin with. I want you to mark a verse. You'll appreciate this verse when I show it to you. I want to remind you that God created and chose the Israelite people, the Jewish people, the Hebrew people. That was always God's plan. And we see it here in a beautiful way in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. The Bible says, but now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, he forms you, O Israel. What you have here is a double designation for the children of God. It comes back from Genesis chapter 32, you remember, when God changed Jacob's name to Israel. And here in this verse, what he's saying is, he says, I've called you by your name. You are mine. In other words, God created and God chose the Hebrew people to be his special people. Now, that being true, open back, turn back to Isaiah chapter 30, where we are this morning. When we come to Isaiah chapter 30, if we just know a little bit about the background, it helps us understand What's going on in this period of time that I'm about to read about, that it was a time of great uh, international turmoil. <laughs> you had Egypt, you had Syria, you had the northern kingdom Israel, you had the Assyrians, you had the Babylonians, and all five had their eyes on Jerusalem. And the people in Jerusalem, the political leaders said, look, what we've got to do, we've got to build some alliances, almost like turn one nation against another, or they may all join forces together and destroy us. And so they began to, to try to work deals, and they began to listen to this leader and that leader, and that's kind of what the situation is. And the mistake they made was they trusted politics more than they trusted God. And we're going to read that in the Bible in just a moment. Back in this day and time, religion was very popular, but it wasn't very spiritual. Now, in our day and time, as we want to compare, the fact of the matter is religion is less popular. Religion used to be far more popular than religion is now. It's like for many, religion does not even exist. But that be, whatever it may be, in our day and time, religion is far less spiritual. We make like it's more spiritual, I fear, it, than it is. Well, about 700 years before the birth of Christ, so let's just round off almost 3,000 years ago, God gave Isaiah these words to speak to his people that he had created and that he has chosen. And look what it says. It says, woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel not of me, who devise plans, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin, who walk to go down to Egypt. 
and have not asked my advice to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore, the strength of Pharaoh shall be your shame and trust in the shadow of Egypt shall be your humiliation. Verse 8, God told Isaiah, he said, Isaiah, go now and write before them on a tablet and note it on a scroll that it may be for time to come forever and forever. He said, what I want you to do, Isaiah, write down what I'm saying to you. So the people in generations to come will see the mistake my people made trusting the Egyptians rather than trusting God, listening to what he says and obeying what he says. Look in verse 9. He said that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children who will not hear the law of the Lord, who say to the seers, do not see, and to the prophets, do not prophesy to us right things. Speak to us smooth things. It's feel-good preaching. Said, so just, just tell us kind of things that will make us happy. Prophesy deceits. Get out of the way. Turn aside from the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Now, that's the condition spiritually the people of God that he created, he chose, found themselves at this particular time. Now, let me say a little word about, about what is the real problem in America. First of all, I want us to understand it's not a new problem. And number two, we need to understand it's not confined to America. It's all over the world. It's everywhere, in every country, in every land. And then on top of that, the real problem, most people don't want to hear it. They don't believe it. But hear me, it comes from the sure and authoritative word of God. And this morning, we're going to look at that Word of God, sure and authoritative, and God will make very clear what the problem is all over the world, including our own land. Now, if you have your bulletin, I wish you'd just jot it down. Like, we're going to build our little sermon this morning around two questions. What is a real problem in America, and is there a solution to the problem? Well, <laughs> the problem in America, as well as all over the world, is sin, S-I-N, and I wish you'd jot that down. It's not that you were raised in a bad home. It's not that you've been done wrong. It's not somebody else's fault. It's not that you're not good enough. The, the bottom line, it trace it all the way back to the first parents, Adam and Eve, to their children, two sons, one kills the other and just read right on through the history of mankind, the, the, the real problem is sin. Now, you're in the book of Isaiah. Turn over in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah prophesied uh, about, oh, you know, seven, 700 years, basically, more or less, after uh, the prophet Isaiah, still to the same Jewish people. But look in, look in Jeremiah chapter 17 in verse number 9. It explains it. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That word desperately means incurably sick. Our hearts, our spiritual hearts, what are they? <laughs> they're deceitful and they're wicked. 
They're desperately wicked. And then he asks this question, who can know it? Well, verse 10 tells who can know it. God can. God says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Now, turn back one chapter in chapter 16, Jeremiah chapter 16, and look with me in verse 11. It says, then you shall say to them, because your fathers have forsaken me, says the Lord, they have walked after other gods, have served them and worshiped them and have forsaken me and not kept my law. And you have done worse than your fathers. For behold, watch this, each one follows the dictates of his own evil heart so that no one listens to me. This is the result of the problem sin. This is how it works. And we, we, we don't listen to God. We, we just kind of listen to whoever's talking out there. And, and we need to understand, and you might just want to jot this down in the gospel of Matthew in 20, chapter 24, as, as we see evil intensify and we see so many bad things take place as it heightens it's just moving us nearer the coming of the Lord Jesus. In Matthew chapter 24 says, you know, you have wars and rumors of wars and you have earthquakes and all these things. Well, we're seeing all this every day. As, as evil intensifies, all these things intensifies, it's just moving us closer to the return of the Lord. Now, the real question is, is there a solution to the problem? And, and the answer is absolutely. And here's what the solution is. You listen to God and you obey what he says. That is the solution. And I wish you'd jot that down in your little bulletin. You listen to God, and you obey what he says. If you look back in Isaiah chapter 30, in verse 1, it says, Woe to you, rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel, but not of me. He said, look, my people aren't listening to me. They're taking counsel from the Egyptians, the Assyrians, from the northern kingdom Israel, from the Assyrians, from the Babylonians. No, they're not listening to me. Look in verse 2, who walk to go down to Egypt and have not asked my advice. Like when's the last time you asked God for advice about anything, about a decision, about whatever? Well, that's what their problem. Look in verse 9. It says that this is rebellious people, lying children, children who will not hear the law of the Lord. He said, look, here, here's the solution. You listen to what God says, and then you obey it. That's just the bottom line. The solution is to listen to God and obey what he says. And that's the problem the Hebrew people had, even though they were God's created people and God's chosen people. Now, I want you to think with me a moment. How do we listen to God? Well, the basic way that you listen to God or that you can listen to God is by reading the Word of God. Now, people say, well, sometimes God's Spirit just speaks to my spirit. Uh, sometimes that would be maybe true. We've all had those experiences. Or sometimes people say, well, I, you know, I hear God just looking out and seeing his creation, the beauty of nature and uh, all the outdoors, or I, I, God speaks to me through other people, or God speaks to me through circumstances. And Okay, make the list 
and, and be true. God has many different ways of speaking, but listen carefully. Add them all up, and they'll be just minute to the way you'll hear God when you read the Word of God. Every word in the Bible is a thought from God. And when you read your Bible, what's going to happen is, if you do it properly, you're going to be amazed how God will speak to you. Now, here's, here's what's happened in Christianity. And it's really happened outside Christianity, but the Christians, we don't want to would relate to what I'm going to talk about here. We live our life, and we're listening to a lot of different voices. We're listening to the politicians. This politician tells us one thing. This politician tells us another thing. Or, basically, we're listening almost 24-7 to Fox News. You say, well, I don't like Fox News. Okay. Well, then flip over here to CNN. You've got much of America listening to CNN. Got a bunch of America listening to Fox. Okay. And we just feed on that. And we feed on that. Now, before you tune me out and tune me off, you need to hear me out. If you'll be honest, you may well have to admit you spend more time listening to whatever news you choose to listen to or whatever politician you choose to listen to or whatever person you listen to than you do listening to what God says. Now think about that. Like how much time in a day do you spend reading God's Word and listening to God? Now, I'm going to encourage you this morning. Uh, th this is an area that we all struggle with. But the wisest thing that any of us will ever do is build into our life the discipline of every day reading our Bible Seeing what our Bible has to say that relates to us at this time in our life that we find, applying it to our life, and then asking God to help us in the areas that we've read about that day. It's more than just saying, okay, today I'm going to read this chapter. Well, if that's all we do, we're just reading words in black ink on white paper. Now, I want to just share with you an example of what I do. And I hesitate always to be this personal because I'm not implying you need to do what I do. But I am saying you need to do something. Could I have an amen to that? And all I know, <laughs> I mean, the only experience I have is my own experience. So I'm going to just share how practical what I'm talking about is. It's more than just saying, okay, every day I'm going to read my Bible. I'm saying this. You need to understand if you do not read God's Word a minimum of 30 minutes a day, and it could be more, someday maybe a little less, but you just that, let that be the thing. 30 minutes a day, not just of reading the Bible, but of as you read the Bible, jot down things that you see and what you read that have something to do with your life. Now, I brought along today the little the little book that, this is my little how I keep up with what I read type thing, okay? 
It could be a yellow pad. It can be whatever you want it to be. I just brought it along. Now, I'm going to read. I'm going to just tell you how I have mine divided. I'm not saying you should do this way. I'm just saying this is what I do. I have three different sections each day. One section is called, see how creative this is, the day. Boy, isn't that creative? The day. Now, I'm going to work off of yesterday. Okay. Saturday, July 2nd, 2022. The day. Now, here's what I wrote. This is really like a little diary of my whole day. When the day's over, I can go back and read it. 5.45 a.m., got up, slash, pain. That's part of an issue I have had with COVID. Did not sleep very much because of pain. I wrote that down. Then I put a little dot, and I said, hot tea, slash, you'll like this one, Pop-Tart. That's the key right there. Then I wrote down dot QT. That means quiet time. So now then I have another page that says quiet time. And on this page, I'm going to write down what I'm going to read for the day. Now, presently, you know, I've, I've done all kinds of plans, but I'm just reading through books. And at the present time, I'm reading through Psalms and I'm reading through Hebrews. Like I have finished other books, that's what I'm doing. Well, yesterday I read Psalm 32. Now, the way I know what to read, I just look back the day before and see what I read. The day before I read Psalm 31. So I'm going to read Psalm 32 and then I'm going to read Hebrews 8. Now, when I got into Psalm 32 yesterday, I noticed that there was a little footnote in my Bible saying that at the end of verse 2, those two verses, Paul quotes David as saying that over in Romans chapter number four. I thought, well, I'll just go over and read that. So I went over and read Romans chapter four. And as I read Romans chapter four, I read the whole chapter. And then I thought, boy, there's some good stuff in here. Here are some things that I just wrote in my little day. Yeah, this, just writing down stuff I see in the Bible. I mean, just you, you do this. I wrote, I'm in Romans four. Abraham never wavered. And I put parenthesis 4 colon 20. That's in verse 20. I wrote down number 2. He did the opposite. His faith grew stronger. I wrote the verse. Number 3. The Bible says stronger faith brought glory to God. I wrote down God is able to do whatever he promises. I wrote down I am counted righteous if I believe. And then I wrote down Christ died for my sins and raised to make me right with God. Now, you say, well, what's the value of writing this stuff down? Well, this is what I'm going to pray. As I, as I wrote that yesterday, I like, see, God tells us about Abraham, not that we just be students of Abraham. All these people in the Bible are examples. They have qualities that we need to build into our lives. Now, as I looked at Abraham, I thought his faith never wavered. Let me ask you, does your faith ever waver? Well, I'll tell you what, during COVID, my faith has wavered. Then I wrote this down. His faith, instead of wavering, grew stronger. I thought, my gracious, I want that. I want my faith. I don't want to have a wavering faith. Do you want to have a wavering? No. We want our faith to grow stronger. And here's, boy, this is the part I really like. His stronger faith brought glory to God. See, when you're going through something hard in life, whatever it may be, if you'll just not let your faith waver, and instead, let your faith grow stronger. What does it do? It gives God glory. 
Think about that. So many times, Christian people, they are doing really great as long as everything is great. Have you ever noticed that? But let the sky fall. Let something bad happen. Man, their faith, it's like the water going out of the bathtub. What are they bringing? Well, they're not bringing God any glory. If I'm over here and I'm not a Christian, and there are many people who are not, and I'm looking at people who are Christians, and I see them going through something hard, and I see them just collapse, I just stand here and say, you know what? I don't see any difference in a Christian or a non-Christian. But if I'm over here as a non-believer and I see a Christian person that is going through something very, very difficult, something even very, very bad, very sad, whatever it may be, and I see them just stay true to their faith, their faith not waver, I'm telling you that's one of the greatest witnesses in the world. It's a witness without a word. It's a witness by example. And so that's what I prayed yesterday. I wrote that down. Then I had my prayer time. Now, in my prayer time, obviously I wrote, uh, my faith not waver, but grow to be stronger. And, and, and it, just, it just blessed my heart. And then I, I always review my prayers like, that's the first thing I do in prayer time. I go back and look at what I prayed the previous day. And I have little systems. If it's been answered, I mark it off. If it's not, I do another line. If, if, if I don't see anything, I do a question mark. But anyway, the day before, here was my prayer time. My, I, I wrote this down. My main prayer today is that Dottie will take a turn for the better from COVID. Her aches become less and less. Her lungs stay clear. And today she feel better. Now that was, a, what I'm saying to you is, look, you don't have to do what I do. But if you don't do something, you won't do anything. Could I have an amen to that? And what I'm saying is, you and I, think about this. I don't care who we elect for president. Well, I do care who we elect. But whoever we elect... They're not as smart as God. Am I going to listen to somebody that I don't care who it is? There's no human being as smart as God. I want to know what God thinks. You want to know what God thinks. (laughs) Well, how do you know? You read what he says. And you do more than just read the words. You, you, you make some little notes, just what you see. You say, well, pastor, I, you know, I've not been to seminary. I, look, you don't have to go to seminary. <laughs> the, the, this is the amazing thing about the Bible. It will speak to you wherever you are in life. And what's so wonderful in our day and time, you, you can just buy a study Bible that will have enough information at the beginning of each book in the Bible to help you know a little bit about that book, to help you know what's going on when you read all this stuff. So it's not, we have internet, we have all kinds of sources to without having to go to college or the seminary to to just get a grip on what the Word of God says. But if you're a Christian and you read what God's Word says, God's Word will speak to you wherever you are in your life, whatever you're going through, you have the availability of the very wisdom of God. Now, this morning, our invitation is twofold. One, I'm going to ask you this morning, To make a commitment that beginning tomorrow, for one week, 
for one week. Try this one week. Try it one week. And you'll send me text messages and emails thanking me. One week. (laughs) You're going to spend at least 30 minutes every morning reading your Bible, jotting down things you see that seem to be saying something to you. It may just be one little thing, maybe two, whatever, doesn't matter. And then let that be your prayer time. That's what you're going to pray about, along with other things that you pray about. Now you say, well, pastor, <clears throat> man alive, you just don't know my lifestyle. <clears throat> 30 minutes in the morning, I have a hard time getting up early, much less earlier. I'll tell you a secret about this. Go to bed sooner. <laughs> yeah. Get up. Secret number two, whether it's tea or coffee, get you a Pop-Tart. It'll, it'll, it'll help you. You'll, you'll, get, you'll make your old flesh happy. And then you get in the Word of God and you start reading the Bible. <clears throat> Folks, listen. I'll tell you what, one of the things that's wrong in America, there just really aren't very many serious Christians. No, they're not. You know, Christians... <laughs> Great day in the morning. I've been, I've been doing this a long time, over 50 years. <clears throat> I remember when church used to be the main thing. Yeah, church not the main thing anymore. Not for many Christians. Not for serious Christians it is. But we just kind of keep compromising and compromising and compromising. And then finally... It's not a matter of just church. We're just so busy. (laughs) We don't even have time to know what God says. Well, you can make time. You know, we make time for what we want to make time for. Is that not right? I am encouraging you. I'm going to be praying for you this week that God will put a desire in you this week, 30 minutes every morning. You don't have to read a whole chapter. Just whatever you read, you just jot down. You say, well, suppose I read a verse and don't see anything. Read the next verse. That's what I do. If I read the next verse, I don't see anything from me. Well, read the next verse. You just read you a few verses and you'll see, hey, this, there's something I need in my life. There's some, that is the Spirit of God speaking to you. So with our heads bowed this morning, I'm going to ask you, between you and God, ask God today to help you. Listen to him, but not just listen to him, not just write down some things. Ask God to help you obey what he says. That is the solution to the problem of sin. We listen to God and we obey what he says. And the best way to do it is to read your Bible. Father, Even before we pray for others to make a decision, I pray this morning, God. I have no way of knowing. I know the standard seems kind of high 30 minutes every morning. But God, what I know is if we don't do it in the morning, we probably won't do it. And worse than that, if we don't do it in the morning, we're going to live through the day without the wisdom from you that we could have if we did in the morning. I'm asking you, God, empower, discipline, serious Christians to listen to what you say and obey what you say as they read their Bible. Thank you, God. We can have your wisdom to live our life. 
Now, while Christians are praying at that point, today, if you say, Pastor, I'm not even sure I am a Christian. You may say, I know I'm not. Perhaps many would say, I'm just not 100% sure. I think many people live right there. The wonderful thing is you can be 100% sure. If you're not 100% sure this morning, would you pray this prayer? Say, Lord God, I, I, I want to get this matter settled. I want to be 100% sure that when I die, that I'll go to heaven. But not only that, that until then, I have the Holy Spirit living in me to empower me, to enlighten me, to show me, to guide me, to instruct me, to comfort me, and to help me. So God, this morning, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. They are many. Come into my heart. Make me a Christian. God, if I've already prayed that, but God, still I don't have peace about it. Today, I settle it. I'm trusting you, Jesus, alone for my salvation.